Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast, always presented by BetOnline.ag, always your online sportsbook experts, and always available for the 50% sign-up bonus when you use the promo code PODCAST1. Very excited about today's episode because we're going to dive into, yeah, we'll dive into the NBA playoffs a little bit. But we've got Dave Mason from Bet Online. We're going to get into with Dave the NFL draft prop bets. Go through them. And Evan Silva from the Fantasy Feast podcast is going to join us to give his thoughts and ask some questions as it relates to those draft prop bets. I'm also curious just to see what the week one line movement has been so far. From Dave Mason and BetOnline.ag. Now that that is out, so good stuff coming with Dave Mason, and we are joined by my buddy Evan Silva as well. Speaking of buddies, there are times where guys aren't exactly buddies when it comes to sports. There are rivalries. That's the bottom line. Is that that's what makes sports great, and that's what. Sports Wars is attempting to bring out so we can check out with their awesome podcast series from Wandry. You know, Evan, you've been tweeting about the fact that you've been listening to Sports Wars, the Brett Favre versus Aaron Rodgers version, and loving it. I'm, I might get in on the plane tonight, Isaiah Thomas's beef with Michael Jordan or Rafael Nadal with Roger Federer. Very, very cool. And here's the key, though. If you listen through to the end of this podcast, you can get a clip of Sports Wars. So you can get a little preview of it presented by Wondry so you know whether or not you want to listen. My guess, after you hear that clip, you're going to want to. Subscribe to Sports Wars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you're listening now. Dave, before we get into the draft prop bets and get your thoughts on them and Evan's reaction to them, I want to first just find out since it was last, I guess, Thursday morning, 
So about five days ago, when you guys first put up your week one lines, what where's been the biggest movement so far since you guys first posted those? There hasn't been really any huge moves. The biggest moves, I guess, are Chiefs minus five and a half down to minus four and a half at Jags. Bills plus three to plus three and a half. It's only a half a point, but it is pretty big news moving off the three at the Jets. Uh, Ravens minus three to minus four. Uh, at Dolphins, Broncos plus three down to plus two and a half. Again, only a half a point, but it's moving off the three at the Raiders. Those are the biggest moves. As far as money is concerned, a lot of one-sided action. Uh, Ravens minus four at the Dolphins. About 98% of the bets are on the Ravens. 49ers is a big bet. 97% of the bettors are on the 49ers plus one at the Bucks. Rams minus three at the Panthers. About 90% of the early bettors are on the Rams. And the Lions, about 87% of the early bettors on the Lions pick them at the Cardinals. But, you know, we put those up early, but, you know, they don't get a lot of action right off the bat. So these are very early numbers, early indicators on where the early action is going to be. Well, and for you guys, you know, for the, the couple games where it moved off the, you know, from three to three and a half and three down to two and a half, that's huge. I mean, I don't know if there's a way to quantify how much that half point means, but I don't know. That half point feels like more than a point in some other games. No, absolutely. Um, you know, that's why when you're buying half points on and off the three, you're paying extra money on them. So, cause that, you know, so many games fall on a three that moving on or off that three is, is massive. So those are, you know, even though there's, there's games with bigger, uh, you know, a larger number, uh, you know, a point, point and a half, whatever, moving on and off that three is a more significant move. So then also, I guess my other question is you mentioned where, you know, some of the most heavily bet games are and where the money's coming in. At what point uh, does that affect the lines? And do you guys really start thinking about moving it a little bit with something like the Ravens 98% or anything like that. Is there a certain yeah, point I mean, that, or threshold where you're like, we got to, we got to consider moving this. I mean, as far as the money, overall money, no, not really. Um, 99% of the actions yet to come in. So if it's just square guys coming in, recreational guys coming in, sure. We might move it, but th- there is some, some of these early betters are much more intelligent, better. So it's not really the, lopsidedness of of the action but our sharp guys are semi-sharp guys intelligent guys betting that number so we'll move it then but if if it's just our recreational guys betting a uh, betting a, a road road favorite as they usually do no big deal but if it's like okay these guys know what the heck they're doing they're get they always bet value then yes we will and and for that particular game you just point out yes we did see some uh wouldn't say real sharp action, but but some intelligent action coming in on the Ravens. So they did move from minus three to minus four. So let's get into the draft props then. Um, and, and just out of curiosity, before we move on to the draft props, so for week one, I'm just curious, what percentage of the money that's going to be bet on NFL week one was bet now? What I mean, I, I know you probably don't know this off the top of your head, Dave, so you're just guessing. And then what will come in after the draft? And then what doesn't come in until, like, how much doesn't come in until that week? Yeah. I, so far, less than 1%. Uh, 
um, you know, it'll trickle in. It'll trickle in slow, slow, slow. Uh, you know, it's not like they pile in after the draft either. Um, it, it, but week of, you know, you're still talking 90, probably 90, over 90% of the action comes in that week one. Um, a lot of the NFL guys go dormant after the Super Bowl. You know, you get some of them back for the NFL draft, stuff like that. You know, the, the, some of the guys that bet throughout baseball, sure, that, but. A lot of people don't like locking up that money this early unless they really see value. So that's why you don't take a lot of action this early on something like that. Um, you know, if you can get an extra half point or half, half point value, I say you jump on it. Um, week one will be here before you know it. But most bettors aren't like that. So, yeah, about one, not even 1% of the action has come in yet. Uh, it'll trickle in as we get go through the summer. Then, you know, once – once uh, preseason starts, more guys come back and more guys start betting it. But shoot, ninety percent of the action won't come in until NFL Week One. So you mentioned some of the guys come back for the draft, and so I guess that leads to the draft prop bets in general. What kind of an event is is the draft for you guys at BetOnline.ag? Obviously, our listeners already know about the promo code Podcast One and all that for the fifty percent welcome bonus, but what what kind of event has the NFL draft been for you guys typically, and has that has that gone up a lot in recent years? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I first started in this industry, it was I I think that's the first year we ever offered uh, NFL draft props, and it's like you know you offered it, and, and you got a little bit of action here and there, and, and it was you know it's great for PR, and anytime you can start talking about NFL is great. Um, but, you know, it's turned into a pretty major betting event over the years, which is good, both good and bad for us. It's great that, hey, all these NFL guys are coming back. All these college football guys are coming back, you know, in April, which is great. A lot of these guys who went dormant are coming back, which is awesome. That being said, it's probably the hardest event of the year for us to win. I mean, we get beat just about every year. If you break even, we're happy. We're high-fiving each other. Um, it, it's such a challenging, challenging event for the team. So it's kind of, you know, it's a, it's great that we're getting all this action, but it's almost like, holy cow. Now it's like, it used to turn into, okay, we're going to lose some money. It's not going to be a time. But now it's like, oh, my God, we, we could get blasted on this dang thing. So, so you know, it's, 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 it, I love it, though. I'm, I'm an NFL guy, and I am, I've always been one of those draft guru junkie types and, and, uh, so I, I love the event. Um, you know, I love leading up to it. And then the next day, it's like, oh, my God, look at that red figure. Oh, my God. But, no, it, it's a lot of fun. And our players love it. So and that's the thing. You got you get you have to do it. You know, a lot of books are weary of doing it. I know it. And, and, you know, sometimes you get a little bit pushback from the guys on the stage because they, they just see that red number. But, you know, when I'm working more on the marketing side of things, it's, it's like, you know, you got to do it. You got to stay competitive. Um, even Vegas. Of the, uh, the brick-and-mortar casinos are offering this stuff now. Well, that's really interesting. This is the hardest event for you guys to win on. Why is that? It's just the rumors. I mean, no one it's, – it's so hard to keep up on. I mean, you got you to gotta think – you know, we got these guys on the stage, and, you know, we don't have 100 of them, for God's sakes. And if you had three guys and that's all they were doing all week was draft stuff and looking at the rumors and reading the blogs and looking at the mock drafts and watching every dang show and had, had the – uh, you know, all the rumors coming in and following Twitter, then, hey, wouldn't be that hard. But they're managing all these other 
uh, sports as well. They don't really have time to read up on all these rumors. And that's the thing. You know, these rumors come in and a lot of them are solid and, and news comes in and you, you got these betters who that's all they're following. They're, they're, they're two, three steps ahead of you. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's very challenging. It's that, that, that's the main reason. I mean, it's, it's so hard to keep up with this stuff while managing NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, MLB, along with all the other sports. Well, let's dive into them then, Dave. What what is typically the most bet prop bets? Depends on the year. Uh, this year, I was just looking at the action, and then who who goes number one is getting the most action um, by far. Uh, Kyler Murray's the minus five hundred favorite. Despite that, uh, Bosa is getting the most bets. You know, uh, and that's one of those examples. It, it, and that's a perfect example of how these prop bets are. You know, we opened the early, how difficult is it to manage? We opened the, these early odds probably two months back, three months back maybe, on who will be the number one pick. And back then, all the mock drafts had Nick Bosa as the number one pick. You know, we opened them then at like minus 300. Kyler Murray wasn't even mentioned. Uh, so, so, so now Nick Bosa is plus four hundred. So that that just shows you these rumors. You know, they you're going off these mock drafts, and and it, it's it's pretty tough to gauge. But yeah, that's getting back to your original question. That's that's the uh, getting the most action. Kyler Murray, Nick Bosa is getting the most love. I mean, there's more than twice the amount of bets on Nick Bosa than there is on Kyler Murray. So we'll be rooting for Murray to go number one. Wow, is that is that recent or that's just because you had it up for a couple months? No, it's it's well, it's the price. It's the price. People don't want to lay minus five hundred. They want to take the plus money, plus four hundred. That's no different than when you have a prize fight and 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 you know Mayweather's minus five hundred over some XYG Joe Schmo fighter at plus three hundred, plus five hundred, or plus four hundred or whatever. You know, we're, we're we're always rooting for Mayweather, so that's that's just a price thing. People don't want to lay that minus five hundred; they want to take the plus four hundred and root for an upset. Got it. Okay, because everybody thinks it's going to—I mean, most people think it's going to be Kyler Murray. So it's interesting to hear that the money is still coming in on Nick Bosa. I mean, at this point, Evan, that would be a—I feel like a huge upset if it was Nick Bosa. I mean, there's still some people out there. Kent Summers has covered the team forever that mm-hmm. that don't believe the Cardinals are going to take. Kyler Murray I just if they're not wow the way they've handled this Evan with Josh Rosen who then is their franchise quarterback I I guess I I, I can't believe they've handled it that way with him if he is in fact their guy no I mean I think that you know the betonline.ag odds are set correctly I think that people are kidding themselves they think that Nick Bosa is going to go number one overall I think that's like I understand they're trying to, you know, they're trying to turn, you know, 10 bucks into, you know, 250 or whatever. You know, I I understand that mentality, but like, that's not going to happen. If anything, the Cardinals would trade out like with the Raiders and the Cardinals would move down to four, you know, take the best player available and the Raiders would move up into one and take Kyler Murray. I mean, no no one's trading up into one and taking, you know, Nick Bosa. I mean, that's. That that like I I'm real wary of people saying anything about the draft like they, that's not gonna happen because this is such a an unpredictable event but like I'm gonna say that's not gonna happen Nick Bosa is not gonna go number one overall. What are some of the other really popular props you got 
Dave. I'm, I'm on your site right now, and you have about a million. It's very cool. You have the number of defensive players selected in round one, 17 and a half. The over-under for offensive players, 14 and a half. I don't know if you know this, Dave, but we talked about this on the Fantasy Feast podcast. Evan, Evan had the single best mock draft in the, in the country last year. He had 28 of the 32 first round picks right in terms of the players Holy that would be in there. Uh, you want to explain to him, Evan, how, how the point system works? Yeah, I mean, it's a combination of matching teams with players. You know, you want to get, you know, say the Packers are going to take TJ Hawkinson. You want to make sure that you have TJ Hawkinson assigned to the Packers in your mock draft, obviously. But you also get extra points if you just get guys in the first round correct. You know, you're, you're, right. yeah, like last year, you know, let's say like the second place guy only got, you know, I beat him because I got 28 out of the 32 correct. The 20, 28 players out of the 32 players correct that were selected in the first round. He only had 26, you know, so that gave me like a two point edge. Right. But that's, that's, yeah, that's how the mock draft contests are kind of scored. Oh, that's, that sounds a lot of fun. So we got to tell me, I, I got to hire Evan next year to do our uh, NFL draft props. Thanks. I, I could have used that go. information about a month ago there. <laughs> Let's go. Dave. Well, you know, I'm Let's just go. sitting here, Dave, and I'm, I'm just sitting here and I'm looking at your defensive players selected in round one, offensive players selected in round one, and I'm just thinking, I think there's a pretty – I think I, – I know why it's challenging for you, and I think especially for a sharp – like Evan, that he could probably clean up on, on some of these bets. Evan, I don't know how much you've looked at them. Um, you know, they've got uh, quarterbacks selected in round one. The over under there is three and a half. Running backs is set right at one, um, and then wide receivers is at two and a half. I just think it's, and then you have draft position for pretty much every guy. You know, Metcalf. Locke, Dwayne Haskins, um, mm-hmm. you know, Locke is 10 or earlier. Haskins is 10 or earlier. Ed Oliver's 8 or earlier. It's just amazing how many options there really are and how many things people can really bet now just on the draft. Clemson players selected in round one. Big 12 players, ACC players selected in round one. It's awesome, Dave. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, NFL junkies love it. That's like I said, it's it's a great anytime we can talk NFL because that's our bread and butter. It, it's a great excuse to, you know, you got NFL combine. We throw those odds up then NFL week one. And then that then these is probably the biggest offseason betting event. Um, yeah. And, and you, all those players and like the quarterback stuff that that's getting that big, you know, uh, over under that people are betting over three and a half quarterbacks. I mean, the juice is all the way up to minus four fifty, but they're still betting it. But we're starting to get some action on under three and a half. Um, Evan, let me ask you, who's a, who's a second quarterback in a bait? Do you, do you have any idea? I, I mean, I think that it's the chalk. I think it's Dwayne Haskins. Um, right. I think that he still. I think he's in play at number four to Oakland, and I think that he probably doesn't get past um, the Bengals at eleven. So I think that that's kind of his range, four to eleven. I think he could go in there as well. You know, there was there was some buzz that I, I kind of bought into, bought into a little bit about a month ago about him going to Jacksonville at seven. Um, I think that the Giants are still in play potentially. 
at six. But yeah, I think that that's his range somewhere between four and 11. I think that Daniel Jones is kind of a wild card. I I, I don't think he's going to go at six to the Giants, but I do think he could go like 11 to, I think the Redskins could be in on him, like 11 to 17. I think that that's his range. Um, Drew Locke is, I don't know what the heck is. This is really hard because, I mean, Daniel Jeremiah, another guy who had a great mock last year, he had Drew Locke at number 30 to the Packers. That kind of tells me that Drew Locke might even be a little bit at risk of falling out of the first round. I have him 15 to the Redskins right now, but I, I don't love it. I mean, it's it, it's right. kind of crazy. I think I think that I feel a, a decent sense of confidence that Haskins will be the two at quarterback, but th- those other guys are crazy wild cards. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I read my ass. I was looking at that the other day, just trying to figure it out, and I got a headache, <laughs> especially with Drew yeah. Locke. I mean, he was just all over the place. So. Um, yeah, I mean has I mean Haskins uh, people are betting that'll fall out of 10. Uh, about 67% of the betters are on Haskins going 11th or higher. So, that's interesting. I I, I thought I was a little surprised by that one. I kind of yeah. like and I and I know we just did the mock draft uh, Evans mock draft on the Fantasy Feast podcast, Dave, and he had four quarterbacks going in the first 17 picks. But I kind of like the under three and a half. I, I just, I, I think you almost have to account for Josh Rosen as being, you know, one team ultimately getting him. I don't really think the Dolphins are going to take a quarterback. I'm not convinced, you know, both the Redskins and the Giants both do it in round one. And, you know, the Bengals, I think that's kind of a wild card. I wouldn't be surprised if some of these guys fall to round two and probably uh, maybe Drew Locke, maybe Daniel Jones. You remember the 2014 draft, the two best quarterbacks ended up from that draft being Derek Carr and Garoppolo, who both went in the second round. Nobody thought uh, Garoppolo would go in the first, but I think a lot of people thought Carr would, and he didn't go till the second. I I kind of like the odds and the, and the way the way the numbers are right now. The juice, I kind of like. I kind of like the under three and a half. Yeah, there you go. I mean, uh, like I said, people are betting the over, but um, the public's betting the over. But I, I, w- I wouldn't, you know, be surprised either, especially with that lock that we're talking about. He's all over the place. I mean, one of those guys could fall, and uh, you know, there's been rumors on all three of them falling. But I guess the uh, like Evan was saying that you know, it seems like Haskins back it's solidified as the number two. Um, but no, absolutely. Uh, it'll be interesting, and that's the thing. As these rumors come in, uh, the, the, most of the rumors come in, in the next two days, and and you know, so and so is dropping, and all of a sudden we're getting pounded on the under, <laughs> and those odds start flipping. So uh, it's going to be interesting, a lot of fun. You know, one one uh, concept that I wanted to talk about that I kind of disagree with that is kind of generally accepted is that um, all the rumor or all the rumors and reports that come out is misinformation and. Don't believe any of it. I I think that's complete BS, and I think that you can actually get an edge if you take the opposite um, take the opposite uh, approach to to that kind of think that thinking that is generally accepted, and you know use it on prop bets or use it in a mock draft contest. Um, actually, do use that information that trickles out. There's a lot more truth to that information that trickles out. 
than there is to like what general managers are saying publicly at their pre-draft press conferences. That's where the misinformation is. What, what the general managers and the front office guys are saying in the pre-draft uh, interviews, as opposed to the, the rumors and the actual reporting that comes out, there is a lot of truth to that. Um, and there's a lot more truth. You know, you got to kind of vet it with your common sense. But um, that, that's one thing that I, I would recommend not, you know, of course, there's going to be some inform- misinformation that comes out. But I think that teams do a lot less like, quote unquote, smoke screening than people out here want to want to believe. Um, so that, that's just one approach that I take. No, I think you're right. And, you know, that's kind of I hope you're right, too, because that's what we kind of base our odds on is, is mm-hmm. you know, we, we don't have guys at the combine. We don't have guys talking to general managers. We don't have guys in the war rooms and stuff. Our guys are just, you know, <laughs> looking at the rumors, looking at the mock drafts and, and looking at the blogs and Twitter and et cetera, et cetera. So I guess the hard part is distinguishing what, what's a good rumor, you know, what's solid information and what is complete BS. Dave, Evan, always appreciate the time. Terrific stuff. I guess we'll all find out on Thursday night. Thanks so much. Hey, guys. Thanks a lot. That'll do it for this week's Even Money podcast. Should have Fez back next week and should be able to get into his thoughts on what has changed, if anything, after the draft. Very much looking forward to that. Remember, send in any emails with questions you have for Steve Fezzik. He'll answer them. It's that easy. You take advantage of any of our sponsors or just use the Amazon banner ad on the homepage at RossTucker.com. Or all you have to do is rate and review the show and take a screenshot of it. And you can get your own personal advice from Steve Fezzik. That usually costs you if you want to get something like that. Other than that, though, I think we're done here. Good luck, everybody. Hope you win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast. All available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found. It's the morning of June 2nd, 2005 in the Green Bay Packers cafeteria. Teammates who haven't seen each other all spring are cracking jokes and telling stories about their off-season vacations. It's like the first day of school. Only the kids are 300-pound men, and school is Lambeau Field, the Packers' longtime home. The returning Packers won their division but lost in the playoffs last season. For this team, winning the division has become second nature. The main reason? Their iconic quarterback, Brett Favre. He's been the leader of this team for 13 seasons, starting 225 straight games. Let that sink in for a second. As the NFL's clear Ironman, he's played through injury and illness each year. He's also 35, at least two years older than all but one other guy on the squad, and closer in age to some of the coaches than some of his teammates. This is all to say, Favre is untouchable in Green Bay. Today, Brett Favre sits alone at the far end of the cafeteria, reading the local paper. At this back-to-school day, he's more like the principal than a student. Some gray stubble covers his strong jaw, a loose-fitting blend of camo and cargo shorts make up his wardrobe. He's, well, he's weathered. 
He's definitely not giving off a stop by for some small talk kind of vibe, but a few of the other veterans stop by to talk about Favre's off-season fishing, and then they shuffle off. So nobody really notices when the rookie, Aaron Rodgers, walks into the cafeteria. If Rodgers has any butterflies, the dark-haired 21-year-old isn't showing it. He feels confident for a reason. He's a big-deal rookie quarterback from California. A couple months ago, the Packers took him in the first round of the NFL draft. A big deal because you don't waste a first-round pick on a guy you don't expect to play. As a kid, Rodgers loved watching Favre even when that meant seeing his hometown 49ers lose to Green Bay like they did in the 1997 NFC Championship game. Rodgers has never seen Favre in person. He hasn't even heard from him since the draft, which is a little surprising. The rookie wasn't expecting to instantly become the legend's best friend, but he figured a quick, hey kid, welcome to the big time, sort of call might have come this spring. Nope. Rogers, once again, the new guy, walks the length of the room towards Favre to make the overdue introduction. For a moment, he pauses, tries to figure out the, quote, right way to play it. Come on, this is Brett freaking Favre. It feels surreal to meet a living legend who does what you do. This is Eddie Murphy meeting Richard Pryor, Eminem meeting Dr. Dre. He's been a fan for years, and now he's supposed to be a teammate? It's awesome, but also weird. So yeah, the rookie QB's a little nervous, but there's no way he's going to show it. He can't be a punk on day one. He's got to be himself. Show he's not intimidated. Show he's already one of the guys. So Rogers makes eye contact and says in a booming, jovial tone, Good morning, Grandpa. Yeah, so the moment the words leave his mouth, Rogers knows his attempt at humor doesn't go over well. And so does everyone else around. Even Favre is at a loss for words. He's not sure if he should laugh it off or just knock him out. Grandpa? In his sleep, he could outdo this kid from Berkeley. And Grandpa? Hell, he's forgotten more football games than this kid has even played. Grandpa, sorry, Brett Favre, who had been slowly flipping his way through the local paper just a minute ago, could suddenly feel that old competitive fire burning again. That was just a preview of Sports Wars. To hear the rest of the story, subscribe to Sports Wars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now.